Here's the situation. Rush, you are back as the uh, the judge in fictional character court, and now you are serving in just the Sesame Street district. I'm oh, gonna have three really? quick cases for you later, so. Oh my God, I can't wait. I love that one. You know what? I The other day I was like, you know, that's one that I would love to have come back to. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm Rush Howell. I'm TJ Jagodowski. Uh, and this is Here's the Situation. It's a real podcast about hypothetical situations in which TJ and I give each other some situations that the other guy has never heard or thought about before, and then we try to answer them. We do the best we can. You know, sometimes it works, rarely. But uh, today we'll see how it goes. Uh, and the theme um, uh, this week is Open Sesame Street. Yes. Open Sesame Street. So that's where uh, that one came from. We'll come back to that one as we always do at the end. Uh, but why don't you kick us off with uh, a different one to start up here? All right, Rush. I'll try and get us started off. I, you know, I like them. I don't love my situation. So I'm going to start off with one that I hope is is fun for you. Um, All right. It's a little high concept version of what we what we normally do um, or what we sometimes do. Rush, I've put together a Sesame Street bracket for you. Oh, okay. So well, these... we may have a, we may run into another <laughs> okay. sort of uh, challenge later between some Sesame Street characters. Oh, so interesting. Okay, good. All right. Um, so I've put uh, sixteen Sesame Street residents. Um, some human, many many not. And okay. the way we're going to do this is for each matchup, I'm going to ask you for a letter as a sponsor for that for that particular matchup. So so okay. each each matchup will be sponsored by a letter. And then um, based on the, that letter, I will tell you what they what they are competing in. And then you will tell me who wins that particular matchup. Oh, my God. That's great. So you you took the time to write down 26 things? Or I do. Just hoping I'll, no, wow. I, I did. Yeah, 26. So we, we won't reuse anything once you yeah. call a letter. I would never. I would never. I would never. Okay. So I'll, I will, in the first matchup, I will tell you it's Grover versus Gordon. Oh. Okay. Well, I mean. I know. You know, you, you're begging me for it to be sponsored you. by the letter G, but it isn't. Okay. It's going to be sponsored by the letters. I'm going to throw a curveball at you right away. Oh, boy. Away. N and F from <laughs> near and far for Grover. Okay. All right. Well, these actually go go, go together. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Rush, between Grover and Gordon, who do you think is a naughty freak in the sheets? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, I am. I hate to do it because I love Grover. Yeah. I think Grover. I think Grover is timid in the sheets. Okay. I think Grover is. Uh, that's not. That's not Grover. Okay. Um, I think Grover's like a lights off, please. You know. Um, I, I'm going to say Gordon. Gordon so you're Gordon. moving the bald, the bald bad man moving on, Gordon. Yeah, okay. Great. I love Grover so much, but it's it's going to be Gordon. Okay. This is this will be our most probably sidebar because you remember Harry, Harry Monster from Sesame Street. Yeah. I, I found Harry a little nondescript, so I went, I skipped over Harry and went with more of a sidebar, but a more enjoyable character for me. So you have Bob is going against yep. Don Music, who, if you don't remember, is the composer who, no, 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 slam head into piano keys, into oh, piano no. keys. So, like, Mary had a little cheap, that guy, you know, and then yeah. he couldn't get the rhyme. So it's Bob versus Don Music. Can I have a letter as a sponsor? Uh, I am going to go with the letter 
uh, T because that is not just two years game for me. That's probably 15 years game for me on Don Music. Excellent. What a great pull. Excellent. So T. These two are competing in a track meet. I think uh, I think Bob. Okay. I, mean, I think Bob is like, I mean, he, he, he stayed pretty slender and he seemed kind of like a guy that he, he, he struck me as a runner. Okay, great. You know, a recreational mm-hmm. runner before that was really a thing. So, and then Don Music, you know, he's kind of, he's oh, just beating boy. himself up. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have a human making it to the eight. We know that. Yep. Um, yeah. All right. Next, uh, Snuffleupagus versus Cookie Monster. Two lovable, two really lovable characters. Oh, my God. Yeah. Those, those, I, I might even go so far as to call those two beloved Sesame Street characters. <laughs> they, they, we'll see you later. Oh, okay. Great. We'll great. see you later whether they qualify. Um, um, can I have a letter? Yeah, D. D. Okay. The, oh, these, they're going to compete in a debate. Uh, so a debate winner out of Snuffleupagus and Cookie Monster. We, we may we may see your thoughts on that exact topic later. <laughs> no. um, I'm going to say, uh, I get, you know what? I, I, I think, I mean, Cookie Monster is going to be aggressive, right? He's yeah. just going to drown out. Not a great grab on the language, though. You know, like he may he may make strong points, but it's going to be syntactically a mess. The problem, though, is, I mean, Cookie Monster is going to be a horrible debater, right? Just if it's not about cookies, if it's not about cookies, he's going to have a hard time making a cogent argument about about anything. I think that's right. But the thing is, Snuffleupagus is so will he show like shy and retiring yeah will he even I, be I just there? think he might I, I think he may never get a word in yep and even though cookie monster like i'm assuming you kind of can't get negative points yeah and i think snuffleupagus may just give up and so i'm gonna maybe a little bit of a surprise to you i'm gonna say cookie monster interesting no question terrible debater great but i think in that one particular matchup it's not gonna go well for it was, that's all the draw man that's all the draw on the letter sponsor you know there's yeah. it's um all right bert Versus Guy Smiley, oh, kind of similar, kind of um, you know, in structure, structurally similar. Um, uh, can I have a letter sponsor for this uh, for this con- uh, competition? Uh, well, let's go with E for e. Uh, for Ernie for Bert. Okay. Ooh, the e- who's the easiest sexually between Bert and, and Guy, Guy Smiley. Smiley? Guy Smiley is an absolute lush Dog. player. Okay. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no question. Whereas Bird is like the most uptight guy there is. Okay, great. So it ain't gonna be Bird. How about the Count? Uh, we're moving on to the other side of the bracket. The Count versus Ernie. Oh, and by the I way, think- I numbered all these one through sixteen, and then had Beth just give me random number pairings. So that's how sure. these were. You these can't were matched see. Up. You can't no, see Sesame Street, especially not in twenty six different letter dimensions. No. Uh, you know, the Count likes to likes to go all the way up the ladder. So I'm gonna say Z. Z. Okay. Oh. Let him count twenty six letters as a prep. Great. Of these two, who's got more or less zero fucks to give at this point? Oh, I think that's Ernie. Okay, great. I think Ernie is. I think Ernie is. Uh, Come as you so, are. Somewhat yeah. defined by <laughs> right. his um, lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not Ernie's. That's no. not Ernie's like main thing. He's doing his own thing now. The count. He is, he's always stressed out. He's counting. Yeah, yeah. I think Ernie's got, got zero fucks to give. Great. Yeah, how ironic the count would end up in the only one that implies a number. You know, he yeah. would He would hate yeah. zero. He would hate zero. He he's would got, hate it. He's got one He's still not done. I know. All right. Next matchup, Mr. Hooper taking on Big Bird. 
All right, sure. Um, Mr. Hooper, Big Bird. I mean, this is pretty down the middle. Yep. So the middle of the alphabet is around the M, so I'm going to do M. M. Okay, who would be a better music DJ? I got to think Big Bird because, right. you know, a lot of a lot of uh, music DJs already have, like, a fake-looking head on. Yeah. You know, they got, like, Danger Mouse. I hear you. Any of those folks. Like, Big Bird is just, like, it's Gordon in a Big Bird yeah. suit being a DJ. I mean, Mr. Uh, Mr. Hooper's going to be playing standards on a single record player. You know, like oh, yeah. Big Bird's got the look, even if you think of like Dead Mouse, like a big head up there, you know, yeah. like he's got the he's got everything going on. He's long, lanky. You met that guy above the above the steel wheels, like getting a crowd going. That'd be phenomenal. There's not many. There's not going to be many better DJs. Than I Big hear Bird. you. That's and, true. Or many worse. Than Hooper. Like, <laughs> That's Hooper, true. <laughs> Hooper's sending you home at 6 p.m. He right? might be playing 72s or whatever. Those real those real <laughs> brittle ones where like you had to put on a Victrola. All right, how about Kermit versus Maria in the next matchup? Okay. Um, let's go with uh, the P. P, you got it. Uh, ooh, who has a better chance of being a post-apocalypse survivor? Wow. Um, I think... I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I got to think that the frogs are going to do better overall. And also, like, Kermit was able to weasel his way onto two major shows that, mm-hmm. you know, somehow the other people weren't able to do that. I think okay. that guy is resourceful in kind of a sneaky way. So I'm going to say Kermit the Frog. Okay. I mean, I just don't want to see Kermit go in the first round anyway. Nah, I, I think naturally... Yeah. Frogs are a leading indicator of problems with uh with water biospheres, but I just can't. I don't want Kermit out in the first. That's true. In the front That's round, a great point. You know? But you know, I'm I'm assuming it's well. You know, it kind of depends on the way it goes, right? Yeah. If it's uh, if we have an atom bomb, I like Kermit. If it's a water shortage, I like yeah. Maria. If it's uh, there's a lot of ways climate change. A lot of ways know, the world could end. Any, any you know? ways. If it was like a zombie zombie apocalypse, I like Kermit. You know, Maria's done. Sure, in that situation. Hey, um, what were you saying? Oh, what was was Kermit initially just like the just the star reporter? Was or was that just one of his jack of all trades jobs? And he was just a guy who could sit on a brick wall and talk to a kid too. Um I don't know. I don't know. I I I mean Sesame Street was very important to me in my formative years, no question. I sat in front of the TV and watched what felt like six hours in a row. It probably wasn't, you know. But I watched a lot of Sesame Street, except I was terrified of the typewriter. Okay. And so when the typewriter would come in, I was out of the room. And then there was a while where where I would sometimes run out in terror from the typewriter. I mean, I was out like every time. Yeah. Typewriter. Don't know why. That's terrified. interesting. I, I, it's, I, I wonder if that happens there, but I don't remember if I had something that that frightened me. But um, my brother Todd, let me see if I can remember, I think was is, was horribly frightened by the painter if you remember that guy he'd come out in the in the white yep. jumpsuit and i think my brother troy i'm not positive about this might have been um uh, uh scared of the dude with the desserts who fell down the stairs you know like the seven banana wow. cream pies or something like that but i'm pretty sure my brother was terrified by the painter of all of all people and you're talking about the, the guy who's like do 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 and then tick 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 would type on himself yes. so, yeah okay I don't know why it just seemed no. natural to me or whatever. I yeah. didn't like it. And, uh, and then I remember there was a time where I would run out and I would be gone for like 20 minutes and go back in and then maybe, 
maybe time it perfectly for the next typewriter segment. And then I was just <laughs> out again. And my mom's like, oh, God, please. All right. Back in. Last matchup of the first round. Um, one of my favorites uh, versus my least favorite, I think. The youngest and the newest entry on here. Um, but I couldn't really leave him off, even though he is not from my generation. I don't think he's from our generation. Elmo. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about Elmo. Elmo. Sure. Yep. Elmo versus Oscar. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Um, yeah, let's go with, um, uh, you know, let's throw an X in there to respect Gen X and, and say the hell with you, Elmo. Okay. Uh, you know, from your Gen Z. X leads us to X marks the spot. Who's a treasure? Who's a, who's the bigger treasure of these two? From- I hate Elmo. So okay. It's Oscar the Great. Oscar moving on. I'm very happy about that. All right, Rush. Uh, we're into the second round. This is the. By the uh, way, yeah. uh, apparently, and I haven't watched in a while with a kid, but apparently, like, Elmo is now just dominant. He, oh, totally he, it's dominant. his show. Yeah. As soon, yeah. As, as soon as you saw him come on the scene, he's like, they're going to hand this whole damn show over to this guy. And and, and, yeah. and like, I, I'm going to lose all interest. Because yeah. eventually Kermit became the anchor, right? Kermit or Grover was the anchor. Was that, is yeah. that about right? I guess, as far as the, the, the puppet originally, I mean, I always felt like it was big birds show yeah, in the years I was yeah. I hear uh, you. focused, but you know, big bird was kind of never everybody's favorite, but he was a good straight man to hold it all down. And then you, you know, I mean, he could go everywhere too. He could, he could be outside. He could, he was mobile. So yeah. he didn't have to be like, I mean, geez, yeah, I'm giving away a few things. Like I had cookie monster advancing the Baiting topic, so you know how much I love cooking. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. All right, the humans facing off. Gordon versus Bob. In what letter? Let's go with uh, let's go with H. H. Do, it's going to be only two human battles. So all right. right. Who's hotter? I think I think you. I think I already know who you. Well, I don't know. I, I'm Who's going hot? Gordon. Okay, I hear you. All right. Um, Cookie Monster versus Guy Smiley. Give me a letter. Gosh, there's so much humming Those and buzzing going on. I mean, what, what, first of all, if it was a normal bracket, this would be, I'd be pulling my hair out. Yeah. That's a tough. That, oh, my God. I love Guy Smiley so much. You do. Um, <laughs> what's the name of the guy that was the, like, the, he, he was like the, the wild Western guy and everybody was terrified of him, but then he would just actually do drawings. He'd be like, draw. <laughs> I, and they would come I, don't and draw something. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Pretty I good stash. Am I thinking right? The right guy? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked like. He looked a little bit like uh, Yosemite Sam. Right, with not as insane a mustache. Yeah, not as insane. He would come in. He would would come through that swinging door. You hear like the, you know, the spurs clicking and everybody's terrified. The bartender's like, (laughs) and then he he just needs somebody to show him how to draw. Okay. uh, Guy Smiley versus Cookie Monster. And let me know if you need uh, a letter recap. S. Okay. Two of my favorite folks here. This is straight up just who's the smartest. Who's the smartest? Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, Cookie, but Guy Smiley. Guy Smiley moving on. All right. Uh, Ernie versus Big Bird. Talk about a couple of lovable souls. Ernie versus Big yes. Bird. What uh, What letter? Uh, how about, because um, he's out, uh, just I'm pouring one out, and I'm going to do C is for Cookie since he's, uh, since he's gone. Okay. Courageous. Who is the more courageous of the two, Ernie or Big Bird? Neither strikes me as particularly courageous. I will say mm-hmm. that, uh, it, but I mean, maybe it's just a, a unfair fair stereotype. But yellow is a antonym of uh-huh. courageous, and Big Bird is as yellow as you can get. So I'm going to say Ernie strikes right. me. I also do think that Ernie, uh, kind of consistent with his zero fucks to give approach to life, <laughs> is yeah. going to be willing yeah. to take on like a challenge. 
He'll run afoul of the law if he needs to. He, he's he, he's got some courage. Okay. In what they're calling the Battle of the Green Machines, Kermit and Oscar going going head to head. How about nice. another? How about another letter? You got A Q. B G I J K L O Q R U V W Y left. I, I didn't remember any of the ones you just said, but I'm going to say <laughs> Q, which I know I haven't said. You got it. Oh. This is uh, the category is quick or dead. Who wins in a gunslinging shootout? The quick or the dead between Kermit and Oscar. Wow. So Oscar has a huge advantage, right? Because he's got cover. Okay. So yep. he's able to pop in and pop out, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he, he can get into that trash can super fast. So he ain't Kermit, taking a step. He ain't taking a step left or right, though. We know that. You know? That's right, but do you think? I mean, do you think the bullet's going to penetrate the trash can? That's the key question, I suppose. Um, hmm. Likely, he's got a lot of junk down in there, like yeah. like lined in the walls. You know, oh, it goes way down. So I mean, like you yeah. know, yeah, I think it would go through the can, but who knows? That can was probably made in the '60s. It could be made of friggin', you know, illegal materials. Now it could be actual lead. Who knows? And if it's like a three fifty seven Magnum, like Kermit can't lift it. Mm-hmm. You know. No, and so weak. Kermit's gonna have trouble lifting any any. I'm gonna say Oscar the Grouch wins okay. that. He just stays in his cover, pops up, gets the shot. Great. All right, we're uh, the the uh, this the final four has been set. It's Gordon versus Guy Smiley on one side, Ernie versus Oscar on the other. Okay. Gordon versus Guy Smiley. Um, what would you? How about the B. The B. You got it. Oh, straight up basketball. It just it's just a straight up bracket for this one in hoops. Wow. Gordon versus Guy Smiley. Oh, I, I think Guy Smiley is kind of a pretty boy that's not probably all that capable of mm-hmm. uh, athletic. Probably about uh, two foot eight. Also, I'm guessing maybe. Yeah, he is. He is very small compared to Gordon. <laughs> I mean, Gordon, Gordon's going to get every oh, in the paint. Everybody. Oh, he's going to kill him in the paint without a doubt. Just destroy him. Now, Guy Smiley is going to have to hit threes and hope it's make it take it. You know, yeah, that's that's his. And he's playing he in he's playing in a sport coat. You know, he's playing in a sport coat and tie, too. Guy Smiley oh, is, and yeah. Meanwhile, Gordon's going to be like shirt off, like a, a sweaty old mm-hmm. like YMCA style. Yep. He's going to back you down. He's going to have like you know, it, it's going to be. It, this is going to be one of the easiest contests <laughs> yeah. of all. Gordon into the finals. All right, wow. I would not, you know, that's the way it comes. That's the way the bracket happens. And with these with these uh, letter sponsors, that's how it goes because you don't see Gordon going to the final two. All right, Ernie versus Oscar. In the uh, on the other side to go to the to go to the uh, to the finals. A right, um, A G I J. Okay, R. Ooh, okay. Uh, R is rock and roll singer. Who would be a better frontman for a rock roll band? And in, uh, in the uh, in the singing aspect, singing and both, leading it off. Ernie both and Oscar. Pretty good voices. Um, you know, uh, like Oscar the Grouch, you would think like terrible voice, but not really. No, he could kind of. Oh, he could kind of do like punk rock. Dude, right? you know the uh, cut "I Love Trash." Do you know yeah. that track? I love that track. Yeah, that's a great track. It's probably my favorite. It's probably my favorite Sesame Street track. I love trash. Anything that's dirty or rotten or dusty, anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Uh, I love trash. It's good stuff. I yeah. mean, I love when Cookie Monster did the the rap. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but if you put Rubber Ducky, you know, I mean, it's more of a pop hit. It's a it's a, it's a, a mainstream pop hit as opposed to, like you were saying, more of the garage punk aspect of, of Oscar and I Love Trash. But, yeah, it's up to you. The thing about it is they're, they're both going to do great at this. They're both going to do great. But I'm thinking about, like, a true front man. Mm-hmm. 
And Ernie doesn't feel to me like, like, it's not like, I mean, Ernie's with Bert and it's Bert and Ernie, yep. right? Like Ernie's kind of a second fiddle. And I think Oscar, on the other hand, can be like, I can see Oscar like getting yeah. his Mick Jagger on and being, oh. you know. Oscar is, is Sesame Street's Iggy Pop. Yeah. You know, there like, you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Ernie, that, Ernie that is, might be that, Sesame Street's, you know, Michael Hutchins. Uh, but you know, like, uh, you, you know, lost me there, but that's uh, my yeah, fault, yeah. not yours. And I'm going to say <laughs> Oscar the Grouch is advances. I love it. Hey, just because we can, um, we're going to make this a two out of three because we have so many letters left over. So we'll, we'll make it a two out of three final, um, for, and we'll Great. get to pick three different letters. So why don't you, I'll give you the letters that are left. Why don't you pick all three, um, now, and then I'll take okay. you through. So it's A, G, I, J. K L O U V W and Y. Um, but I'll tell you this as I look at these two, don't pick both U and V. I they're they're too similar in my mind to uh they're 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 the they're almost synonyms. So all right. Fair fair enough. I did pretty good without asking, never never oh, yeah. Absolutely. very proud of myself. Um why don't we do I want A because yep. it kicks it all off. I want L because for some reason I always thought that, that would be a fun one and it was kind of in the middle. And then, boy, if you liked the thing that was U and V enough to put it twice, let's do it once. And okay. Let's go V. V. Okay. Ready? Here we go. We'll go in order. A, Rush. Who's got the better just animal instinct of these two? Of, the, of, of Gordon versus Oscar, who's got the animal instinct? Grouch. Okay, Oscar, one in the books. L Rush, language grasp. Who's got a better grasp of the language? I love my man Oscar the Grouch. He's got some good, uh, some good syntax, some good vocabulary, some good songs. But he, he's not keeping up with my man Gordon. Okay, man. sorry. It really comes to the last, to the last one. The the U was who's got a bigger ugly side. V is just straight up who's more vicious. Oh. Come on. Oscar. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar is your Oscar is your champ. The champ, the the all time or this year's champion of Sesame Street Bracket is Oscar the Grouch. The other the categories we didn't get, who's more graceful? Who is a better Instagram model? Um, who would have been a better jury for person? Who's got a better killer instinct? Who's the more outsider? And uh who would be uh who would win a wing eating contest? And who would actually have been <laughs> the yummiest to eat? Um, if you had to eat one of them, but Oscar is the, uh, this, this year's, this year's Sesame street champion. Well, I enjoyed that. And I do apologize to our, uh, viewers, um, for, uh, the fact that, uh, there will be a similar one coming later, but it's, I've put too much work into it. I'm not cutting it. Great. So, uh, you'll hear it from TJ's point of view, uh, something, something pretty similar. Wonderful. Um, but why don't we not do those back to back? And so, for this one, uh, TJ, uh, here's the situation. Yes. Uh, and this is based on Open Sesame. Okay. Um, which, of course, uh, was a way to give a password to uh, have a, a rock pullback and open up uh, an otherwise unattainable uh, area. And uh, today we don't, of course, need uh, that as much because all of our information is uh, digitally stored and saved and encrypted mm -hmm. and so forth. And so kind of the... The, the modern day corollary, I suppose, is the uh, is the 
the internet password, the email password. Yes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw you a few very well-known celebrities. And okay. I want you to puzzle out just for a moment what you think <laughs> their primary email password might All right. be. Will do. That's All right. great. You bet. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start it out. We started out with a guy that we, you and I don't don't necessarily see eye to eye on. I think great movie oh, star. You think sure. overrated. And, uh, but we're going with the, the famed movie yeah. star and infamous uh, Scientologist Tom Cruise. Mav One. That's the he. That's what he's doing. That's that's how he thinks of himself. Mav one. It's only that's four, right. four, four digits long, four spaces long. Mav one. Yeah. Mav one. Period. When he needs to. I love it. Short. He's still. I do think you're right that like, even though he's probably pretty pompous about like each new role as he does it, yeah. I think he's still kind of like Top Gun. Yeah. That's what made it for me. That's where I am. As a, he's been Ethan Hunt, who knows, nine times now, but I think he's yeah. he's still Maverick in his mind because Ethan Hunt, he he is he is you know I guess I guess he's like, um you know a troublemaker in 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 that world, but he's not as Maverick in that world as Maverick was Maverick in that world. You know. Oh, for sure yeah. not. Yeah. And I mean, I like that. There had to be a juxtaposition there with him between like he's probably like a cybersecurity nut, right? Like you probably need an eye scan to get in. So, so I was like, he probably wouldn't have a short password. But then I'm like, no, 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 that's right. He he has that at the end. Right. You have to go through whatever. You like, have to drop out of the ceiling on a rope, not touch the ground. Don't get the room any warmer. But once you do get there, it's just Mav One after the after the Mav retinal one. scan. Yeah. And that's also for sure his unlock code on his phone. Right? Yeah. You know, whatever the let, whatever the number is, it's supposed to be maybe another one. All right, great, perfect. Uh, next up is uh, arguably greatest athlete of all time, Michael Jordan. Mm. Um, Michael Jordan's password is going to be the last name of the kid who like um, made the team his what junior year or whatever. <laughs> But that, but he, you know, like, and he didn't. So it'll be, it'll be like the play, player number thirteen on that on that team, the last kid who made that squad, last kid yeah, off the bench so on his high school team. Michael Jordan famously did not make the varsity team as a sophomore. So you, whoever beat him out, or yeah. maybe the coach's name, right? Right. It, like, it'll be an axe to grind. It'll be some, you know. I was, did he, did he go? Where, where did he go in the draft rush? Was he like third? Third. So the the other thing I could see is it being like whoever the number one pick in the draft was that Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay. Yeah. Th- uh, actually, then he wouldn't do it because that gives that gives. Uh, I, I was trying to think like that almost would like honor Hakeem even more. Yeah. So it's got to be an axe to grind thing for him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Like the the last guy to make that the varsity. And Sam Bowie went too, and you, you, nobody needs to dance on that guy's grave. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I think that. I would have thought it would be something with his own name because he's got he's so you know such a big ego. But you're right; it would definitely be some some perceived slight that he wants to remind himself of. Right. I mean, that's going to be his deathbed thing. Is like I was better than whoever you know, or like they they were wrong about you know, like whatever. I love it. Uh, CNN anchor Anderson Cooper. What's he got? Is his uh, password? Um. Let's see. I think he really loves Andy Cohen. Right now, though, it would be, it would be like um, he just uh, he just had his boy. I think his boy's name is Wyatt. So, but he's gonna be sharp about it. He won't just say Wyatt because someone would crack in. It's gonna be like Erp, 
E A R E A R P um and like Erp B Boy. That's what it'll be for like Erp Big Boy, but um but he's gonna hide it just a just a little bit in that. And that'll be exclamation point if he needs a punctuation mark there. Because I think he's over the moon at his at his son. And I believe his son name is his son's name is Wyatt, I think. Okay. Good, good, makes sense. Um next up we've got uh pop sensation. Taylor Swift. What's Ooh. Taylor Swift's password? No, I don't know. It's been going around lately. The like we we asked who we asked JPC right for no we asked Adol when we had Adol as a guest of like some like okay get get some old men back into what's the music that's going on right now and right. in our little our little group I've been hearing a lot about um, Taylor Swift's most recent two albums Miley Cyrus. I think you were listening to Miley Cyrus's new album I and did. it's, good. it's good. It's like '80s based yeah. or or something like that but i have to say i don't know a ton about taylor swift but it strikes me that when things come down it was like it was like kanye versus taylor like she wins out in that and there was something oh, yeah. more recent where like some other dude like sold her music or some shit like that she seems to like run into these like skank balls who are trying to like do her wrong and she well, actually she seems like to be big, in the right big leader it was like her and uh was it metallica is the other one that the, they were like the two front folks for uh, fighting against, you know, the, the use of their music without royalties and so forth and so on. So like taking on like your kind of uh, your, your Napsters, uh, obviously it's no longer Napster, but, but that sort of thing. So that, that she was very involved in that. And then, yes, she had like big disputes with um, some prior producers who, who tried to like claim ownership of her music, I believe. And I think I heard that she came out politically like in support of it was it was a left it was a left side issue which i think is sometimes tough for people who might have a like heartland or country some country following they usually don't like to i think come out on that side and i think she said something about about one of those issues i don't exactly remember but i want it to be something where like she's kind of ended up on the right side of a lot of these things um yeah, I mean, when you ha- when you have eighty eight million Twitter followers, uh-huh. you have to you you usually like they usually end up being pretty, you know, uh, try to stay out of controversy, right? Because you don't want to you're gonna you have you'll make somebody angry with anything you say. But she doesn't seem to care. She just does her thing. All right, so here's what I'm gonna do. And, um, okay, here's what her thing's gonna be. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be F A N. K E Y zero 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 because she wants to like get this out of her system, but it's she just in case she wants to she wants to keep her image pretty clean. It's an anagram for F Kanye, and <laughs> and then it's just three zeros. Like you're gonna end up like nothing by the by the end of this. But right, for anyone so who's like oh, fan key, you know, yeah, yeah, that's where she's gonna air it out, like in the in the privacy of her own password. All right, very good. Um, I would, I would guess maybe something about her cats. I'm told she's a big cat, cat person. Uh, Gordon Ramsay, celebrity chef. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I mean, he's going to go against the grain. He gets all of his like dirty, you know, and anger and swears out like, um, in the course of his, in the course of his regular, regular life. So this is going to be like, (laughs) um, I love walking. Just a very, yeah, it'd be something that no one, no one, no one suspects. It's just gonna be very sweet, and you know, and just 
just a flat out declaration of of you know kind of quiet affection for some for some action activity or person i like it just for, <laughs> yeah because really everything nice else is like hell's day. this or gordon ramsey's you know hell restaurant or like worst restaurant in in the world turnaround or whatever so this yeah this one's going to go against uh against type got it um how about uh fox news late night uh blowhard sean hannity what is sean hannity's password uh i eat ass <laughs> i eat ass 69 that's uh that's hannity uh, um period exclamation point pound sign I eat ass sixty nine. Those three excellent. Those three punctuation. That's because right. he can't. He can't figure out it. when they when they're like, we need a new password. You have to change every twenty one <laughs> days. All they can do is add. Like, right. punctuation I've already used every combination of I eat ass. <laughs> yeah, he's got. I did I sixty nine. I did I eat ass. I did I eat sixty nine. I can't. I'm out of ways. So now I just have to do it with punctuation. But if you think I'm leaving, I eat ass. Right. Or I, I sixty nine, no way. Yeah, and that was and that was like his playing. He he hasn't he doesn't even realize like that's his that was his number his playing jersey and like him Pop Warner Pop Warner football. Yeah. He just didn't. And he got it handed it because even, even as a kid he was like messed up. So his coach like here Hannity wear this, and then he has never put it together that 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 that's what he just does it as his jersey number. Right, I, I could see him having something so like. Like being stupid enough to have something that's like own the libs, you know, just something really, right. really obvious, right? That uh, that people would <laughs> would just break in. But um, uh, next up, uh, what do you think the Queen of England's uh, password is? Probably doesn't have to enter it in herself. One, two, often. three, four, five. I think. I think that's yeah. yeah I think it's straight up like. What if there was one where it was just like, oh, this is the preset one that the computer comes with, like right. that. That that's what she would she would go with. It's it's yeah, it's just straight up one two three. He's four, not five. using the strong password though. No. Nobody's making the Queen England. No, in there dude, like six lowercase right. b, uppercase y, ampersand, yeah. uh, lowercase c, uppercase c. That, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's either it's either one two three four five or I eat ass. <laughs> oh, she, yeah, she and Hannity were trying to get uh, <laughs> friends, the same one. Um, how about uh, we? You've already talked a fair amount about Kanye West. What about Kim Kardashian? Uh, soon to be divorced, I guess, from Kanye West. What she got? Is that right? Um, um, man, I, I don't. It's not quite on the nose, but it is on the on the derriere. But for days. Oh yeah. Does it? Does she put a, a, a Z? second T in there? No, she... so there's two T's. Yeah. Okay. Two T's and then D A Y Z. Um, but for days, yeah. All right, and last one, uh, our uh, our our uh, outgoing uh, and and doing it with all the grace that we would have expected. <laughs> yeah. Our outgoing president Donald Trump. What do you think his? Uh, uh, email password yes. right now and i think that he might have to go back and change this it's c u i n two four c u in 24 that's what he's that's what it is right now but it's okay yeah it's but i think he might have to change that there might be things going on that make that that make that not a possibility but right now it's c u in 24 I could see him at least once, like fat fingering his password the same way twice in a row. So even when you re-enter it, he 
bad fingers it again and then like banging his banging his phone into the table for like you know an hour like not being able to get the room is just littered with broken keyboards bring me another one this one's this one's stupid uh all right thank you man that was fun good stuff well done all right rush here's the situation as you said um open sesame is from that in particular is from alibaba and the 40 thieves which i didn't realize until i looked it up that i thought they were they were together that that was a crew it was alibaba got the got the open sesame keyword and was robbing the layer of 40 thieves from from what i've heard i thought alibaba like ran the 40 thieves but it, it's he was and opposed to them. And that um and that story is from a thousand and one Arabian Nights, which I also didn't realize is a shit ton of stories accrued over like centuries, put together as almost like an anthology. And so um and what would happen, I guess the framing story is that the um the this king would uh I, I think he might have found out his queen was running around on him, and so he was like, Well, screw this, I'm gonna marry a different woman every day. And then murder her the next morning. And it's Shahrazad has yes. to uh, tell the stories again and again and again. Right. So yes. So Shahrazad would give him cliffhangers, and he's like, "I have to find out how this ends." And so in the morning, he wouldn't kill her because he wanted to hear the rest of the story. So she would. So all that is basically just to give background of I'm going to ask you some suggestions of the best stories you've ever heard in with with a couple conditions or with a condition, um, uh, whether it be through a television show or a film or a book. So however this story has been, however this narrative has been told, you just maybe give, they might be recommendations and or just your your personal your personal favorites. Cool? Yeah. All right. How about, um, in the spirit of Scheherazade, how about the best like kind of cliffhanger show, movie, or book that you feel you've you've read? I guess a page turner or whatever, if it was, well, not necessarily, but, but maybe. However you want to take it, best kind of cliffhanger of uh that you that you yeah I, you know I, i'm a little embarrassed to give this answer but it's the one that that comes to mind for it. me and so i got this book which i think i think was kind of people enjoyed it a little bit more at the time it's maybe a little bit more of a punchline now because of the sequels and a few other things uh but i got this book and I was in law school, probably a first year, definitely a first year. I remember the couch I was reading it on and I started reading it at like 9 PM and I, and I read it until whatever. I mean, it probably took me six hours and I just, I could not put the book down. And even then I was like, I wasn't like, this book is so great, but I was like, this guy is cheating. I mean, it's just (laughs) every chapter ends with a thing where it's like, and then, you know, and you're like, oh, oh, what, 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 what happened? What happened? What happened? And then it's like it bounces over to a different part of the story for for just long enough. And it was Dan Brown in the oh, Da Vinci Code. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I, to me, that was like, regardless of how good a writer he is, yeah, which is obviously debatable. But he was at that point in time. That was a master class. It's a great answer in keeping your audience on the hook. You know what else was? Um... I loved about it. And I did love reading that book. I'd have to agree with you entirely. It was chock full of like etymology as well, which I adore. I adore etymology. So like the origins of pandemonium and, you know, and like all this other stuff or, 
or um, or even just origin stories, if not etym- etymologically, like why this symbol means something, where it came from. I love that. And that was mixed in with um, with like, well, and he disappeared in the crowd, you know, or whatever. Right. We are like, I got to find out what the hell else is going on here. Yeah, it's a great and, answer. And you and I both like, uh, you know, cryptology and yep. cryptography. And I recommend to anybody the uh, the code book, one of the best nonfiction books I've ever read, Simon Singh, A History of Code Breaking and Code Making. Um, and I also liked the Cryptonomicon by uh-huh. Neil, Neil Stevenson. Stevenson yeah. Um, and, and I thought Da Vinci Code though, like, you know, the problem with the Cryptonomicon is it just goes on forever. And, uh, you're like, okay, I mean, I'm getting lost. So I liked how Dan Brown took some of that stuff and turned it into a great page turner. Yeah. Since you just mentioned this genre and I have it written down, how about your best nonfiction? Would you recommend... Uh, Codebreaker for that, or do you have something else that you felt was the best nonfiction story you've uh, seen told in film, or read, or on television? So I would say, um, if I were, yeah, the, the Code Book would be up there. Okay, the Power Broker about Robert Moses, um, uh, you know, w- would be up there as well. Um, as would the Lyndon Johnson, um, what's it called Master of the Senate. Uh, by Robert Caro as well. So Caro's like biographies, I, I think are really incredible. Um, so those come to mind. And then the other one for me that I, so I, I just remember, cause I've in the past been like, these are my three favorite. This is probably 20 years ago though. Uh, but my third one was the Bill James historical baseball abstract. Like I, that was my all time favorite, like bathroom book. Okay. Where you know you it's it's nonfiction obviously and it's uh, just a, a deep 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 statistical dive into baseball, but it's also loaded with anecdotes, humorous uh, facts, um, and then like you know aggressive opinions. And I mean, it is God. It's 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 such an interesting book from kind of a crazy person almost, but. You know, he ranks the top 100 people at every single position. And some of the entries are like 11 pages because wow. it'll be like Babe Ruth once took a train and this happened, you know, and you're like, all of a sudden you got a two page train story about something. So that, I love that book. And it's great because you you would never sit down and read it cover to cover. It's a perfect book for <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to read, you know, two and a half pages of it. 35 times, uh, you know, we never have to do this for the show, but if you ever still have that book, I would like to go through at one point and be like, all right, let's just name a number 62. Okay. Let's go through the nine positions and see who we think the best 62nd best, best player is at their, at their position. You Love know? it. See, you, you can do that. I mean, I would do stuff <laughs> like that all the time. With that book. That, I'll never be without that book. That's but. great. Um, how about this one rush best twist? The, the story, that you felt had the best twist, regardless of what uh, what media it's a uh, medium. It's so shown for through. me, it's the Usual Suspects. That was yep. the one that uh, was the most powerful to me in in the movie. Um, had you know had no clue, no idea uh, until you know a few seconds before it's totally revealed. But like, I mean, that moment, I I, I still get the goosebumps now thinking about it. Uh, and I love a good twist. As I've told you, uh, in fact, we talked about it on the podcast, The Spanish Prisoner. So I went back and watched the movie again. And I, w- I have the same view of it. Not a very great overall movie, an okay overall movie, but with one phenomenal twist Best. moment within it. Um, you know, like Fight Club, 
a lot of people say, but that that to me was you know good. But but Usual Suspects is the one that I I go back to all the time. Okay, I put this in here specifically because you and I often say like I don't need this, I don't want this in my in my stories, I don't need this jammed into my science fiction story or what have you. But um, either standalone or as part of something else. How about the best love story? Well, so I and I may repeat myself because it's also my favorite book, but. To me, there's something like powerful about, and maybe this is like a fucked up thing to say because it's it's you know like it's not a traditional love story at all, uh, but it's remains of the day where you know you're you're reading like the internal struggle monologue of this guy who is in love with a woman he cannot say so because of his position and standing and you know he's 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 way too deep into like the decorum of being in his station in, in England and I mean that book is first of all, the most beautifully written book. And also like, I just, the emotions that he was able to bring to life about that guy's like kind of frustrated love in that, in that regard was very powerful in terms of like a happier love story. Um, I don't know. I mean, my favorite romantic comedy is probably like you've got mail or something. Okay. I mean, you know, they're all kind of, the same yeah but, i'm saying uh, like when harry met sally did a pretty good job of of getting done what it got done or, or if the princess bride that's is a good one. that might be better if the princess bride uh, is a love story i don't know if it is maybe that's more of a genre piece or something like that but i wouldn't say it is but but sure i'll give you the if, if that counts then the princess bride i would rank both of yours i like better than you've got mail so one thing we've learned is i don't know what my favorite romantic <laughs> comedy is without without any thought you topped it easily <laughs> twice in under 20 seconds uh well, <laughs> um, uh, this the last. There's two more, and these may be these may be kind of tricky, but because um, I'm not even quite sure what I mean by this, I think I know what I mean. What is the best story that um, that you saw that was an a a very like atypical style of telling the the story? Um, okay, uh, Memento comes to mind. Great, great. Um, you know, I love Inception. But uh, I, I like when Nolan messes around with the narrative structure that way. Um, but Memento, like, really cool. Um, I, I, I love, like, kind of generally speaking, like, ideas like that. They're, they're hard to make uh, work. But, like, if you tell me, like, hey, there's this book. And in this book, like, at first you think it's... Um, a play, you know, somebody writing a play and then they're yeah. cutting scenes from the play. But later you realize that the play uh, that you thought was the play is actually them writing the play that is what you thought was reality. Right. Like I'm always in for that kind of thing. I love it. There was a book that was popular when I was a kid. It was, it was a, um, it was a series of postcards. It might have, I think the names were Griffin and Sabine or Griffin and Say, Sabine. They, and it was just a series of like postcards back and forth to each other. And so the book itself was like, you saw the artwork on one side of the postcard and then the uh, next page was like the handwritten, you know, post the, the, the actual back of the postcard, the written part to each other. And I remember just kind of like every time I walk into a bookstore, I just read a couple more pages of that. But I always thought that was interesting because it was also mysterious as to like who these people are to each other and why are they not together? And it was something like Griffin and Griffin and Sabine. Um, and here's the last one, Rush. And this this again might be kind of tricky because we, we tend to talk about the things we like the most. Um, do you, do you, can you say offhand what maybe the best story we've, um, the, your favorite story that we have never mentioned before? 
is we've mentioned like the library library of babel is that the name of that one or uh, yeah, gentleman in moscow and and so like some of some of these even you said like we've talked about before is there one right. that just has kind of slipped through the cracks a film or tv or or book that we haven't mentioned before that you would like to put up there even if it's like honorable mention at this point mm. yeah boy that would be a great one for me to remember because you know there's like i probably have like five or ten that if i remembered i'd be like oh my god it's been so long and and yet, what a great story. Um, I don't... Uh, i trying to think of a book. Like, Finding Neverland's a movie that I think is great, that I don't think I've talked about on the podcast. It's uh-huh. one of those, like, nobody else agrees with me, so it's, like, one that I would recommend <laughs> sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, because most people are like, oh, with it. What is that movie even about? I mean, I love. I thought that, that was, was Jay and Barry, right? Or yeah, yeah, it's about it's about uh, Peter Pan and the in the it's so Jay and Barry writing Peter Pan and how he's influenced by this family that he meets to help create this thing. It's a really good. It's like a little. It's just a tight, good, well crafted uh, story. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I took a storytelling class in uh, college, which was one of my favorite classes. You mentioned that professor that he himself was an amazing, yeah. Jack Claff. And, um, and, you know, I always, I always liked those like folk tales and stuff growing up. My, one of my, I think it was my mom's cousin is a storyteller and we would go and uh, she would have like, we would go to field trips and she would talk, but then also we would just go for fun. And I, I used to love listening to those. I my I fell in love with short stories through O. Henry, but like you also just read like the kind of best ones by O. Henry. So I got like a collection of O. Henry stories. I was like, oh my god, this is gold. There's like fifty stories in here. They're all gonna have incredible tw- twists. And then like, right. yeah, you know, with like forty two of them are like, you know, and the place was empty. You, you know how like sometimes right. you're like, oh, the Twilight Zone's on. So you watch and you're like, wait a minute, like we kind of only mentioned the best of these, but this this show was on a while and they weren't all necessarily gems you know like and then it turns out that you know like the that uh he 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 didn't eat he didn't eat that thing that he thought he ate I'm like oh well this isn't that's not really a twist right. just, i like, mean there's a reason those got called out and put into the yeah best, uh, <laughs> right <laughs> um i love i mean i love short stories i can just never remember i mean i, I remember the, the the super famous ones that are in all the compilations yeah that, like kids had to read like uh, you know, the lady and the tiger, or the lady or the tiger, whatever it's called, or the interlopers, you know, Al Creek Bridge. Yeah. And uh, there was a Flannery O'Connor uh, book of short stories that I read that had one or two that I don't remember the, the which ones they were that I absolutely loved in college. It was like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things that I read in, in college. Um, but uh yeah, I don't know. I For mean, me, Southern Gothic category, I believe. I think. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, man. That's not easy. I can never remember anything when uh, when you ask me of like what what you know what's an example of this. I we're, we're not the right guys to be doing this show, as it turns out. That's right. It's, There's no doubt about it. it. There's no doubt about yeah. that. And nonetheless, we I'm press on. Give you a new situation <laughs> okay. here, DJ. Uh, so. Here's the situation. We are going to play another round of Champion of <laughs> <Okay>. Champions. <laughs> Champion of Champions. This round, beloved Jim Henson characters. All right. Beloved Jim Henson characters. For those that have never heard of Champion of Champions, we take Where you 10, been? Where you been, guys? Yeah, yeah. Get it together. Get it together. <laughs> but we take 10 
uh, champions from a particular genre. It could be great athletes, great actresses, uh, great countries, whatever it is. Here it's going to be beloved mm. uh, Jim Henson characters. And we put them into a gauntlet of a whole lot of different uh, challenges. And uh, the way Champion of Champions works is you don't need to win it. You just need not to finish last. That's it. Because you get eliminated. One one of these champions will be eliminated every single round. We'll do eight rounds, which will cull it from ten down to two. And then the finals would be a best two out of three uh, head to head. So that's how we play uh, champion. Wouldn't that be great if you went to like school and they were like, Hey, don't worry about valedictorian. We don't even, we don't even award that. We just, we, you just don't want to be the last in your class. That's, that's That's all. Like you can be anywhere else. Just don't be last. We're starting with 75 kids. We're going to eliminate 13 over the course of 12 (laughs) grades and and kindergarten. And and upon graduation, the speaker at your graduation will be the last, the person who finished last in your class. And it'll be more of a shaming kind of thing where they have to go up and speak. That person did it the best because they they worked the minimum necessary to to move forward. Yeah, that's right. You get the one, the speaker is the one from last. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's great. All right. Exactly. That's the reverse valedictorian, but the person there. They're most impressed with. So, yeah. So, as TJ likes to say, you don't need to outrun the lion. You just need to outrun your friend. Um, so, here we go. Uh, I'm going to do a little a slight different thing because I'm going to give you a 10, but then I'm going to give you an opportunity to swap a couple of them out oh, if okay. you want. Okay. All right. But I know, I already know you're not going to do one of the swaps. Uh, so, here is the 10. Yes. Uh, Kermit the Frog. Yep. Big Bird. Yep. Oscar the Grouch. Okay. Cookie Monster. Okay. Miss Piggy. Yep. Yoda. Oh, nice call. Statler and Waldorf as a pair. Yeah. Bert and Ernie as a pair. All right. Beaker. Um, Okay. Snuffleupagus. All right. So that should be 10, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Sure. Yeah. Great. All right. There's there's three options, and we don't normally do this, but I'm going to let you do it because I want these to be beloved Jim Henson characters. Okay. So one I was going to let you do was swap in Elmo for Kermit the Frog. No. I know you're going to say no to that one. Another one I'm going to let you do, if you like, is to swap in um, Animal for Beaker. Yep. Let's do it. Okay, I animals prefer, in for Beaker. Yeah. I have an idiosyncratic love for Beaker. That guy is out of his mind, and he cracks me up. He's pretty great. But, but most people prefer animals, so yeah. I'm glad there. And then the last one, and this was the one. So those two were ones that I knew most, most people might have in. This last one is a very idiosyncratic favorite, favorite character of mine. Okay. If you want the Swedish chef to come out, then you can put in what are called the yip-yips. And you know who those are? Wait a minute. You never gave me Swedish chef. He's not on the list of 10. Oh, Kermit, uh, Big I Bird. Right? Uh, yes, correct. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, do you want the Swedish Chef or Snuffleupagus? <laughs> okay, uh, um, I find Snuffy kind of kind of nondescript in a lot of ways, so I'll put the Swedish Chef in. Yeah, you got it. Swedish Chef goes in, and uh, so so now it's um, the Yip Yips. Yip Yips against Swedish Chef. So, the, do you know who the Yip Yips are? No, they are the they are those like. Uh, Puppets with the big mouse—they're aliens. Oh, okay. Yep. I'll stick. I'll stick with this crew. 
I'll stick with Great. this crew. If okay. if I feel like if I could have gotten Miss Piggy out of there because I find her just so abrasive sometimes for like a sure. Gonzo or whatever, then I probably would have made the move. But I'll go. I'll roll with this crew. Almost all the time, but you know somebody's got to go out early. You you can put in. Uh, I don't know. You want Grover in there over Miss Piggy? Let's go with her. Let's go with her. So Kermit, okay. Big Bird, a- Oscar, Cookie Monster, Miss Piggy, Yoda, Stadler and Wal- Waldorf is one. Bert and Ernie is one. Animal and the Swedish Chef are my are my ten. We're rocking with. Perfect. And we're going to start off. And now I sit, I, I, I will, I say, I don't pick the events uh, based on the, uh, the characters. That is almost always true. But I, this first one, this first one, I, I just wanted to make sure he didn't go out in the first round. Okay. Gotcha. So, so just for the first one, I, I doctored it a little bit, which I apologize. I've, I've desecrated no problem. champions. No problem. But, the first one is crush a whole bag of cookies in one minute. <laughs> and that, a full bag of cookies has got to go down in one minute. <laughs> who is who is last place? Who's All doing right. the worst job? Let's see. Wow. There's a lot of folks here who can really, like, really put that away. I mean, especially, oh, yeah. like, some of them are sharing it. You know, like, Bert and Ernie can share the bag. Stadler and Wardle yeah. can share the bag. For sure, Animal can kill a bag of no doubt. Um, Miss Piggy and, can and put it away. Forget, as as Andy St. Clair, I, I I talked about this one briefly with Andy, and he was like, "Well, whoever is standing next to Cookie Monster is not getting knocked out either, <laughs> right? Because there's the so much. Two. Right. He's going to do two bags in the time that anybody else can do one. Here, I'm going to go with the fact that I th- I'm pr- I'm pretty sure there was a lack of hand eye coordination here, and maybe just some um, some sight impairment. Uh, overall, oddly enough, even though it's close to his field, I think the Swedish chef couldn't find his way to finding stuff or coordinating his hands with what he wanted them to do. So I think he's going to be slowest in actually transferring the cookie to mouth process. So I got to say the Swedish chef is out first round. I think that's fair. I think that's, that's fair. I mean, Statler and Waldorf could, could be bickering a fair amount, but there are two, two mouths there. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, Okay, so now next up, uh, we've eliminated Swedish Chef. Next up is they've got to give the best man slash maid of honor speech at your wedding, and then later uh, also lead the uh, the late night uh, post party karaoke. Okay, uh, as well. So they got to do it all, kind of master of ceremonies that night. Oh boy, I think, and this is solely on the basis of the speech because I think, and this will tell you who I'm picking. I think she would be tremendous at the karaoke lead part, but I can't help but think that 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 speech will be made entirely about her and her own resentments. Like she was, she's awful at letting other people have the spotlight. And that is the one thing you need to do in that, in that maid of honor speech is let it be about the other people. So I'm going to bounce Miss Piggy for, for that one. I think Stadler and Waldorf will even, it won't have the right spirit, but they'll get some damn laughs on uh, more of, it'll be more of a roast, you know, like roast speech. Um, but I, I'm going to bounce Miss Piggy because I think she's going to just make a, an absolute hash of the uh, maid of honor speech. It is a shame though. Cause she would, she would she, do great in that karaoke. Awesome at karaoke. Then she would live. It's, 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 you know, she's made for that, but she is just going to F it, it'll be an F and an A, you know? And I think yeah. these others, these others won't, you know, we'll probably average a C, but they'll do C on both and not fail either. Yeah, Oscar the Grouch may give a bad 
a bad speech. You never know, but uh, like we said earlier, he's oh. gonna nail that karaoke. Oh, if he rips out "I Love Trash," I mean, oh gosh. I'm hoping right, it's so live we, band karaoke so that he could say like, "Hey, do you know I love trash? Hit me with it. Do it and see." I love trash. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he's gonna do. Yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> so hopefully everybody, you know, at home is written them down because they're thinking about these champion of champions. And the next <laughs> event is uh, they got a dog sit for you for for a full weekend. So you okay. Put uh, Lucy uh, in this person's care or this uh, this. I shouldn't say person, I should say beloved Jim Henson uh, yeah. character. Uh, who's going to do the worst job? Uh, uh, it's tough to, say, tough to say goodbye to him, but Oscar is going to absolutely just doink that assignment. There's going to be, he's not going to walk her. There's no, going to be, no there's going to be tons of shit in the house. I won't know whether it's his or hers. He's like, <laughs> it'll be, it'll, it's going to be awful. He's, and he's never, as far as I know, we've seen like Kermit ride a bike and get out of the house. I've never, we've never seen Oscar leave the can. So it's going to be a disaster. I don't know if she'll get fed, you know, like it's going to be, it's going to be awful, awful. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bad choices there. Yeah. There's not many good. There's not many good choices. I mean, animal and might try to eat. Them, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But you know, it seems like something always brings him back from the brink. You know, yeah. like, he seems at the edge of a psychotic break quite often. And, 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 you know, either he takes it out on the skins or he just, someone, someone brings him back from the edge. So I, I, I trust him more than I trust Oscar. Like, I don't, yeah, that yeah. seems, uh, I mean, look, Oscar is going to be at least tied for worse because he's not going to do anything. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So all we got left is Kermit, Big Bird, Cookie Monster, Yoda, Statler and Waldorf is a pair. Yep. Bert and Ernie is a pair and Animal. And the next is, uh, you need somebody to be the uh, the fourth diner with you for a four-person per, uh, dinner with you and two good friends of yours who unfortunately have had a falling out between the two of them. Ooh. And you're trying to use this uh, dinner to help uh, get them to reconcile. Okay. Interesting. I think Kermit's a nice soft touch. I like his energy at something like that. I like Big Bird's energy at something like that. I think Yoda could offer some insight at something yes, like that wisdom. as well. Um, I think, I think I have to, and because the other two, I'm just, I'm going to stick with the fact that the other two are twos. So I'm actually, I'm going to remove. Um, I'm just going to stick with the solos. I think Animal's going to create a little more tension at that table than than we want. I think he would add to the tension at the table. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. By the way, Yoda at the karaoke, is he surprisingly great or is he just kind of not so good? I think he's the, I think he's interesting in almost like a Leonard Cohen way of like, boy, this is not how I would sing that or how I've ever heard it sing. Yeah. And the words seem like, you know, like, there, there is no heaven. Imagine, you know, like where he's like even phraseology, but but there'll be something kind of intriguing about it. Of like, yeah, it's by the way, wow, it's like Laurie Anderson or something, you know. You're you're watching the monitor and the words are rearranging. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Jedi, yeah, but he wants to say it in the in the order that he's got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <It's>... yeah. <laughs> Babe, got me, you. <laughs> yeah. The docks is where Johnny used to work, you know? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just Southtown Detroit. <laughs> Lonely girl. Uh, oh, man. Uh, I, I, I actually, now I just, I'm dying to see you. 
video to do it. <laughs> uh, live and in the fight. Masturbating with a magazine in the hotel lobby is what I saw. <laughs> so uh all right great yeah i agree though animal like you're at that dinner uh, he's he's just gonna be on smash yeah that's gonna be rough all right uh next one maybe is kind of similar now that i look at it maybe it wasn't my best work okay. these two back to back but it's uh this uh, now somebody that's gonna work as a volunteer to provide emotional support to veterans oh so you're gonna, somebody really needs a, a good touch here uh, to help some veterans that, uh, you know, have done a great job for our country and are, Boy, and are struggling I, with uh, depression later. Uh, who, who's going to be the worst to, to man that? You know, I think they're the right age to reach across a bunch of kind of spectrums as far as our veterans go. I don't think Stadler and Waldorf would be able... Uh, what at the, the more tender that is required, it seems the more kind of sarcastic they get. And whereas I think some, maybe, maybe some vets would be like, hey, these guys, you know, this is like trench humor or gallows humor, but I really need some kind of help right now. I don't think they could find their way to it. Whereas I think just about everyone else here would be able to find some tenderness, you know, at the right time. I think we're going to have to say goodbye to, to Stadler and Waldorf. Yeah. Cookie Monster is probably finished like second to last a few times by now. You know? Yeah. He's kind of. He's, he's, he's somehow sneaking through. But he'd almost be like a like a, a um like a therapy Tasmanian devil, where it's just like, hey, he's so like off his fucking thing, or he's like so in his own world that I I I'm kind of maybe being brought out of my shell a little bit. Because look at that little he's just going nuts. But Stadler and Waldorf are like, this guy's actively telling me my 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 Korean War service didn't amount to anything. Like this is yeah. this is not nice, you know? Yeah, they 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 lost the kids' gloves a long time ago. Yeah. I don't know where to find them. They're long gone. They, they are tactless. Uh, probably my favorite Muppets characters. Love them to death, mm-hmm. but uh, they're not going to do great yeah. in this spot. All right. Uh, so we, we're down to the final five. Kermit, Big Bird, Cookie Monster, Yoda, and Bert and Ernie as mm-hmm. a pair. Um, and that's going to take us to... Uh, Who's going to do the best job? Now, I would have loved to see Sadler and Waldorf. <laughs> but this is who's going to do the best job as a substitute teacher for a week in a tough inner city high school, kind of a dangerous mind style. They got to go down there. Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, all those cliche movies. They got to go down and uh, and uh, and handle a bunch of kids that, that aren't really there. Uh, they're going to be tough on this substitute. Okay. I think, and this is kind of, because uh, I think one of them might do all right. I think the other would lose his mind and uh, and snap. I'm going to remove Bert and Ernie mostly on the Bert side here. I, I yeah. think I don't think Bert is made for handling too much adversity. I think that's, that's that seems fair. Yeah, I think uh, Kermit would struggle. I think I think he I would. Think. Yep, I think he'd. I think he'd be drinking wine in the dark once he got home. You know, like I think yeah. Big Bird would find no pun intended, the pluck to keep on the, to keep on going each day. Yeah. I think cookie monster again, probably second to last doesn't even, doesn't even register. Doesn't even register. Yeah. You ask him how his day was. It was great. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Cookies for lunch. Just- great day, you know, and Yoda would actually might even thrive in this environment, but Bert, I think would come close to suicide. I think. Yeah. They would be very fortunate to have Yoda. In yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, that would that would go well. All right, uh, down to the final four, and the next thing is you got to entertain. You got to go over and entertain a rich family who has three children: mm. a, a five year old uh, 
boy who's excited by most things. Okay. But but is uh, also uh, flips out if he loses attention. Okay. Uh, the second is an eight-year-old girl who is slavishly uh, devoted to her American girl doll. Okay. Like over the top, hard to get her to care about really anything else. And the last is a 13 year old who's really over it and, you know, kind of is embarrassed to be uh, involved with anything that her parents have, have put together. But the parents are, are trying to have a nice, uh, a nice uh, entertainment for a birthday party for, mm. you know, let's say the middle child who, who does the worst of these four at going over there and, uh, and, and keeping those it's, kids happy. It's a shame. He, but he, he's been he's been dangling around the bottom for a while now, and I think we have to let him go. Even though I think the youngest would be most entertained by him, I think he loses the other two, and I think we have to say goodbye to Cookie Monster. Adios, yeah, to the great, to the great. I think the five year old just could can't get enough of it. You know, I think like yeah. he's perfect for the five year old. But for the the slavishly doll focused, and then the one who's over it, I don't think Cookie Monster can can reach out and maybe bring in like these others at least could attempt to. I think Yoda probably might do overall the best as far as sheer entertainment stuff floating in air, like right. lightsaber out. Like there's there's some great stuff going on there. I think Kermit tries to reach out to all three. I think Big Bird does the same. I think Cookie Monster just yeah. I mean the, the littlest one loves him, but. He doesn't. He pays no attention to the middle one, and you know, or the other older one. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. I could see Big Bird um, struggling there, but I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's okay. tough to beat a Jedi. I, I, I just I'm reaching like yeah. it's it's tough for the Jedi to come in last. That is a that is that's a it's a it's a tough event to find. You know. Yeah. The only. I mean, I don't even know so far. I could see Yoda. I mean. I, I I think he's just been cruising through yeah. this thing. Yeah, I agree. So far. I agree. Like may, maybe you don't want Yoga to dog sit, but at the same time, like there's a lot of others that were worse than. Yoda oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, maybe if the dog sitting had come late, right? If it was like Yoda v Big Bird, I probably go with Big Bird for dog sitting. I think he's I you know like, but that's probably the only time I find Yoda at the bottom. You know, it's like a head to head or you know. Or maybe, maybe who knows? Let's see what this next one is. I don't know. Small chance Yoda could eat the dogs, but but I don't think so. I think you know that it's, maybe baby Yoda. He could right? eat Kermit. I, I I'm pretty sure he's gonna eat Kermit. You know, like yeah. I, I that's I think Kermit's on the menu for Yoda. Yeah, no doubt about that one. Uh, all right, so the last one before we get to the finals is you got to break out of Alcatraz. So previously we had <laughs> you getting out of a minimum security. Prison. Once again, this is a rough one. You can't get Yoda out of here. Yoda break out of Alcatraz yeah. like. Yeah. He might be the greatest person, the greatest character ever to break out of Alcatraz. Yes. So, so this this person's going to come in and train you. He's your Sean Connery from The Rock. Yeah. So he's he spent you know some years in Alcatraz. He knows the ins and outs. Yep. And even though he's got a, maybe an abrasive personality, they're going to help you, help yeah. you get out. So you got Kermit and Big Bird. I agree with you. Yoda is a Don oh my Yoda's, Yoda's Yoda's yeah Yoda's the guy to have for this. Yoda's like there is no Alcatraz. <laughs> right. just we float away. All the doors open. We float away. We're fine. Um, I I gotta go. I gotta keep Kermit too. I gotta keep Kermit. Um, in a lot of ways, for the, I, well, I like him for the swim afterwards, back to getting out, back to land, and everything. I like oh, him yeah. through bars, through pipes, through all of this. Big Bird's just too goddamn big. You know, it's right there. He's eight foot tall or whatever. And, you know, seven foot tall. And like, he's not getting through anything. He's 
don't know, five feet around at the at the waist. Like this is this he's just he's just too gangly, awkward, and and tall. Like that's it. Yeah, a complete nightmare. Yeah. Complete nightmare scenario for Big Bird. I didn't think about it when we started. Although here's the funny thing about Big Bird is all the way through it, we were rarely like praising Big Bird for how good he would be at anything, mm-hmm. but he's just solid. Mm-hmm. And then oh, now yeah. he's run into something where his bigness really, really cuts against him. There's all those like oh. fire portals, you know, he's not making it. If, if we didn't say it, yeah, because we're thinking of The Rock as The Rock, right? The movie where there's some like, for some yeah. reason, there's, there is like fire shooting across things. And yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's like a video game timing thing where you have to jump from thing to thing yeah. while the fire doesn't or the or the wall of spikes moves by um that's right if we didn't say it earlier big bird would have given an incredible best man speech there would not have been a dry eye in the house they would have laughed at his kind of like childlike sincerity and he would have hit the heart in exactly the right way so if i didn't give that praise earlier big bird would have crushed the best man speech yeah, I, I mean, even if Yoda were not allowed to use magic, he's still probably best to get out of Alcatraz. Just What's that? He's tiny. He's tiny. He's, yeah, he's athletic as hell. Like when he he flips three or four times in midair. Like I don't know if that's magic or just athleticism, but he's got all that. He's got oh, dude's got mad skills. Mad skills. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And if he's got his lightsaber, we're out of there in no time flat. That's right. However, the finals, I will say, so the finals is Kermit against uh, Yoda in a three. uh, It's, again, Battle of the the Green guys. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say, you know, so far, I mean, if it were just who did better in the first date, Yoda crushed Kermit. Probably went 8-0 against him. But in this final three, I'm not sure. Okay. I think think it could be closer. They, They call this finals match, it is easy being green. It is they, very they good. Absolutely cruised. Go ahead. All right. So as always, uh, one person just has to win two out of the three, and I'm going to give you all three. Yep. And if it's a clean sweep, that's okay. Great. I'm going to give you all three, and you're going to tell me who is ultimately the champion of champions uh, for beloved Jim Henson characters, and they will go into the finals of the champion of champion of champions uh, later on. Uh, first thing is um, who can make you laugh as much as possible in one minute. They've got one minute to, to get a smile on your face. Okay. Second one is logically argue a position on a controversial topic to win a debate against the other one. So okay. Who, who wins that debate? As I told we, earlier, we had a debate between folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then finally is win the lottery, huge, like mega millions, like 480 or whatever it is right now. And make the best possible use out of that windfall. Okay. So those are the three. Okay. So I'll I'll do these. I'm gonna say laugh as much as possible. I am gonna go with Yoda because the times that I think I've seen Kermit try and make people laugh, it is sort of desperately overwrought a little bit. It's you know it's it's a he can pump up a crowd, but the like ah, that that whole thing. And I think Yoda, if he really cracked out, he might just be one joke. But it's. I think it's going to kill. I think. I think he's going to absolutely crush me um, as okay. far as that humor goes. I will so skip if down. There's one where we had an easy win for Kermit. Let's, let's yeah. see. Let's hear that. I think he's going to use that lottery money right. I agree. I, I, I think, think he's going to be. I think Yoda might be a little, a little like weird with it's the good. lottery money. Or it just doesn't. He just doesn't do anything with it. He's just got like a yeah. pile of a million bucks in the swamp in Dagobah. You know, like. Yeah. Same old cane, same old pot, same, you know, like he's just, he's not even going to add a room onto that, that little like underground hovel of his, you know, like, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so that's that's to Kermit. I think Kermit will spend that money right, but logically argue and and Lane like this is Yoda. That is Yoda written all over. He's gonna turn me rhetorically, twist me into knots in this in a debate in a debate argument. So I think Yoda wins that. And I have to say now, I love Yoda's chance in the overall champion of champions Ooh. of champions. I tell you, uh, spoilers ahead. If you haven't heard the previous <laughs> ones, don't listen for about fifteen seconds. I got to tell you, Michael Phelps, uh, <laughs> oh. Meryl Streep. <laughs> Oh. Uh, Greg Norman, the golfer. These people are oh. terrified. Up against Yoda's it now. They the got a Jedi. There's a Jedi in the building now. That is super tough. Yeah. Greg Norman's already petitioned me to be like, add the lottery one into oh. the finals. Norman's, I mean, let's hope Norman gets over to COVID. He he might be have to be precluded from participating if he doesn't come up negative so, with negative Jack tests. Takes his place. Oh, that's, that's it. Oh. Those are the rules. You jackalades for that guy. Uh, all right. That was. All right. Well, I always love a champion of champions. And now, when I think uh, very fair, uh, uh, you know, overall uh, approach to it. And uh, I love to see the cookie monster. Just, just, it, it humored me so <laughs> went, much for him to, went, to have a chance. Went pretty deep. There. Went pretty deep, man. Went pretty deep. Um, all right, Rush. Here's the, here's the last one for the night. We're, we're just going to do one more, and it'll be the one we, we teased at the top. So here's the situation, Rush. A long time back, you were a judge of, of – you were a fictional character judge, and yes. you ended up judging a roommate dispute between Bert and Ernie um, at the time of, like, Bert – you know, Ernie said Bert was too fastidious. Bert said Ernie was just a, a, a train wreck of a roommate and who you would rule in favor of. I have three – um, Sesame Street specific. So you've been dis- uh, you've been assigned to Sesame Street District, and will rule on a variety of different legal issues. So these these are kind of far flung as far as as far as the 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 law goes. The first one is Oscar versus Department of Sesame Streets and Sanitation. Got it. Yeah. No, I remember that case well. Yes. And it, it's not a surprise, right? Yes. Um, and I, I can give you just I can, I'll throw you the the wide the wide net on this sure. and you can deep um, O O T Grouch states that once a week he is terrorized by having his home literally turned upside down and dumped into a truck. The Department of Streets and Sand says that they are doing their jobs and are actually required by law to provide exactly the function that Mr. Grouch describes. So they aren't denying that they do this. They're saying they're actually legally compelled to do exactly what. O.T. Grouch is describing. So I, if you want to tell people how you how you came down on this. Well, it was a tough one because I, I, it, it got nasty mm-hmm. uh, because um, the Department of Streets and Sanitation ended up uh, because it was it's a division of the city. And so you had the city involved as a defendant in the case and the city turned and countersued Oscar the Grouch for a, a huge number of things. Trespassing. Uh, and so you might think, of course, he's, he's trespassing, he's living in city property, but turns out that Oscar the Grouch had a long time easement to be able to use that particular Ah. space. And this is going to be key later. That was his trash can and it was not a city Ah, uh, trash can. So, so I, I quickly ruled in favor of Oscar the Grouch on the underlying lawsuit because I said, Hey, department of streets and sanitation, um, it's it's your under it's your requirement to uh, to know which is city property and which isn't city property, and he is he he is permitted 
to uh, domicile in a can that happens to look overall fairly similar. Wow. But there were many things that would allow you to tell it apart. And beyond that, they were on notice and had been on notice for a long time. Because if it had only happened once or twice, Mr. Grouch testified under oath that he would not have brought the lawsuit. But it was the repetitive doing of the same thing again and again and again. And so I ruled for for uh, uh, for Oscar the Grouch on that and said, there's no need for this. But then they came in guns blazing with a lot of other suits. And they said, well, wait a second. We understand that he has an easement. He's allowed to be there, but he's not allowed uh-huh. to, to, to create a nuisance, which he does by the terrible smell okay. uh, and the trash that ends up uh, off of his property uh, so often. And, uh, I was glad to see that they ultimately were able to settle that suit. That's why you only see that one that was brought forward. But that, that's yeah. how I ruled. So, um, that wisdom is why they call you the Solomon of Sesame Street right there. You know, right. like that. It's that kind of stuff. Um, and now this next one, Rush, was more we were we were most interested in the sentencing for this one because there there was it was a uh, yeah, the the um, they, there was a guilty plea. So I'll, I'll take you through the Sesame Street and Mr. Hooper versus Cookie Monster. Um, so Mr. Hooper alleged that Cookie Monster stole a selection of box cookies from his from his store and Cookie Monster did plead guilty. But he stated that it was uh, an addictive problem that he has, that he literally you know, is compelled to um, enjoy and ingest as many or at least chew as many cookies as possible. And that he had hoped for a requirement of treatment and rehabilitation instead of um, imprisonment for for that. And what ended up being your sentencing judgment in in uh, Hooper versus Monster? Yeah, tough case. Remember mm-hmm. that. And I remember I remember thinking uh, well of Hooper during that because you could tell that it kind of pained him to bring the, uh, the suit. But apparently he was he had really lost a lot of, uh, of money, uh, due to so many cookies had been devoured, yeah. uh, by, by the cookie monster. Uh, and I remember like just the week before I had a case where, uh, somebody had embezzled, uh, tons of money from a bunch of their different clients. And then they, they, they pled that they had a gambling problem and that they uh-huh. needed to, uh, use the money to feed that addiction. And, you know, I, I found that to be not all that compelling. And so, and so my mindset at the time was kind of like, oh, here we go again. You know, right, another, right. another kind of uh, find any excuse you can. But uh, I remember kind of, I remember the moment that my, that my mind was turned around on that a little bit. And that was, um, there was a, uh, a small, uh, uh, there was a birthday party that uh, for one of my clerks at the time. And um, there was punch and uh and like some cake and then a few cookies and they were all on the uh, all on the outdoor and cookie monster who had been you know on his on his best behavior which is you know relative i right. suppose right. um but he was walking out of the uh the courtroom uh-huh. and we were we were celebrating the you know having having a nice thing for my clerk who uh was a longtime clerk of mine and really she did a great job but uh, uh when he saw the cookies, uh, he went bananas uh-huh. and he came down and he devoured every cookie that wow. was on there. Very, very little of it making it into his actual mouth, yeah, making right. a huge, a huge uh, splash everywhere. And and on the one hand, I was I was certainly frustrated because it had, it had messed up our, our nice little gathering that we were having. But on the other hand, uh, you could tell he wasn't faking it. Yeah, I right. Mean, this was right. a man who was deep in the throes of addiction. <laughs> And so uh, I went to the minimum that I could on the sentencing guidelines, and I really focused on trying to get him uh, some help, which 
Um, you know, the sad part of that story is uh, I, I, I later spoke with the, the psychiatrist who just said, no chance. Really? Yeah. No he's, chance. He's, this he's, is, uh, uh-huh. it's, going, it's all gone too far. Yeah. Yeah. Said, you might as well. Uh, you know, try to take the uh, engine out of a car and drive it around. Like, <laughs> what drives this? What drives this it's, cookie monster? Is cookie. Is the yeah, and the lust for chewing cookies? It seems like, or crushing cookies, maybe even more so than than eating them. You know, like yeah, yeah he was some, just plowing through those things. So this last one rushes. It might be a bit of a hot button, a hot button issue while we're while we're recording this, but it touches a little bit on election law, and I'll and I'll refresh your memory on on this one. Um, so Big Bird had recently been elected comptroller of Sesame Street with a one vote victory, forty to thirty nine. Um, the okay. victory automatically triggered a recount, and one vote was contested by Mr. Bird's opponent. It was a vote cast by Mr. Snuffleupagus who was found to have no legal resident residence on Sesame Street. His name appeared on no, no, no deed nor lease and no other resident of Sesame Street could attest to ever having met him. Mr. Bird offered a signed affidavit that he was, quote, a very close personal friend and undoubtedly a Sesame Street resident. Yeah, no, I remember that one. I remember that one. Um, and, you know, look. I have a pretty good view of people for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you come into my courtroom, I assume that you're a good person. I assume that you're honest and that you have credibility, but once you lose that credibility with me, it's hard to get back. Yep. And I must have given Mr. Bird six opportunities (laughs) to bring this so-called snuffleupagus into court. Mm Mm-hmm. And on each time, I was assured that Snuffleupagus would be there. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I took a brief recess, no more than 90 seconds, sure, to go sure. handle an issue. And when I returned, yeah. I was told, you just missed him. Snuffleupagus had been in your courtroom. And I said, what are you talking about? You're t- you've described him as weighing north of a ton. Right. He's, a yeah. gigantic, he's basically a woolly mammoth. Right, without the t- a tuskless woolly yeah, mammoth. Tuskless yeah, right. woolly mammoth, I right. believe, was the description. And, and you're telling me that not one of my bailiffs, not one of the other people in the courtroom saw that this gigantic creature was just in here. So it became very clear to me that, that Big Bird, uh, you know, had, had, had not won that election, yeah. had, had fraudulently cast a vote for mm-hmm. a mythical creature. And then, you know, it's one thing to um, to have the first lie, but then to cover it up again and again and again like that. I, I got very... Rough. Yeah. I'm very disappointed with it, and uh, my ruling was, um, you know, that that had to go back down for a recount. And I believe, I believe, uh, two or three votes swapped in the recount, and Big Bird ended up taking a uh, a loss, like maybe forty three to thirty seven or something like That's that. And frankly, I thought he deserved it. Yeah. And if I and I if I had been in a little bit worse mood, I would have sanctioned uh, Big Bird. Oh and, really? Uh, maybe oh. found him to be in in contempt, but uh, it. I shouldn't say this, but it, it's not. It's not going to be good for him if he comes back in my courtroom. Wow. Well, I mean, it, it, you know, you, you, most people would think, you know, it's a sunny day. Everything's a okay down in that, in the Sesame yeah. street district, but it sounds like it's actually kind of a hotbed of, of, of legal, legal, you know, it, you just hear, like, you don't hear about the nice, the nice times. And I, you know, I view it as my job to chase the clouds away. Yeah. And occasionally the ca- the clouds come in, I chase them away, right. uh, come back. But, you know, Look, it's it's good to have a, a tribunal that's there uh, to to handle these issues as they arise. Otherwise, they would fester and so forth. And uh, 
you know, for the most part, uh, they've been able to get along pretty well. So says the Solomon of Sesame Street, and that and that ends our and that ends our episode. We thank we thank Nate and Julie and Emily and uh, and you guys for listening. We hope you had a, a lovely uh, having a lovely New Year. Not sure how long. We're actually yeah. We were saying rush. We have very little very little buffer, right? So this one's probably going to come out pretty soon. I'm guessing. Yeah, this will probably be January or February. All right, all right. Anything uh, anything I missed? Anything you want to say to the folks? No, uh, thanks for indulging us on a lot of discussion of Sesame Street, but I enjoyed it. Bye-bye.